Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Happy New Year 2022, everyone. Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi's podcast. This is where we post all our Sunday messages. And my name is Fred Alexander Oyola, the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. Thank you so much for joining us. May the Lord bless you in this short time that we have together. Just some quick announcements. We start our Bible reading tomorrow, the 10th of January. It is available on all our social media handles on the Linktree profile link. Click on it and right there you'll see a place for the Bible reading plan. Click on it, download it, and let's read the Word of God together. Our prayer and fasting week was last week, where we prayed and fasted for 2022. Check our social media handles as well to see how we did it. It was an amazing time of just thanksgiving to God, asking Him to direct and establish all our plans. We prayed that God would protect us from the enemy. And then we prayed for our nation. You know, this uh, this year is a crazy time for our nation, Kenya. And so, before the elections come, we know that the one who is in charge is not the politicians. It is actually God, the Almighty God of Heaven. So we prayed to Him and asked Him to um, remember us and take care of us this year. Our next prayer and fasting will be on um, in April from the 11th to the 15th. That's the Holy Week. Mark your calendars. We're just reminding us to be disciplined in the place of prayer and fasting. It is a powerful tool um, to help us deal with our flesh, ourself. It aids the inner man, the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so join us and um, don't wait until April. Um, fast every so often um, just to grow in the Lord. We have plug-in or what some of you call Mizizi starting on the 16th of January. This is next Sunday. Spread the word, sign up. We have at least two or three groups starting this. Um, if you want to just reconnect with God, um, find a place where to belong to a community. Maybe you're looking for community just to hang out with um, in the space of the word of God. This is the place for you. Join us. Send us a word. And uh, let's let's begin 2022 together. Well, at Plugin or Mizizi. Malkia Women's Ministry is beginning its deeply defined experience on the 15th of January as well. The ladies have been sent messages. They are ready. They are um, almost going. Just a few days left. They begin this coming Saturday. So send us a word if you'd like to be part of it as well. And may the Lord bless you. So this month we began a series that we've simply called Never Give Up on Doing Good. We'll be looking at why God commands us, why this is important, and, and especially in these days that we're living in. Um, this is the election year, so you can imagine um, God telling us to never give up on doing good. It is so timely for us. And so our Bible reading will be from the book of Galatians chapter 6. We are reading verse 1 to 10. I'm reading from the NIV, that's Galatians 6. 1 to 10, I'm reading from the NIV. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's pray. Father, for this short time that we have together with our listeners, my prayer, Jehovah, is that you not only bless their hearts to hear the, uh, the word that you're about to share, but may the instruction of your word and um, the wisdom of it be understood by our hearts. And our prayer, Jehovah, is that you protect us from the enemy who desires to steal the word from our hearts so that it does not bear fruit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Galatians is a letter that is unique in the sense that unlike the other letters around it, was written to a group of churches around Galatia. Galatia was a term used both in the geographical and political sense and so could have meant an area anywhere from Antioch to Derby, which are all today areas in the present-day Turkey. Paul wrote to these churches to address the issue of justification by faith alone. The churches in Galatia had Judaizers, Jews, who are still insisting on following the works of the law, things that make you look religious in order to be accepted into Christianity. And went as far as to discredit Paul as an apostle. He was talking about things they never had. Paul was sent to the Gentile nation, not to the Jews. And so the Jews found issues with him on so many things, those things that according to them were the works of the law. Justification is God's righteous act of removing the condemnation, guilt, and penalty of sin by grace, while at the same time declaring the unrighteous to be righteous through faith in Christ's atoning sacrifice. This doesn't mean license to sin, but the power to live a spirit-controlled walk that ends up in bearing fruit. So in chapter 6, we meet Paul breaking down the walk of the Christian by the Spirit. Paul is telling us that the evidence of having the faith of justification is living by the Spirit, and this in doing good. He directs the Galatian church to one, do good to those caught in sin, verse number one. Then to do good to those that are overburdened with the issues of life and to take care of the burdens in ours. Number three, to do good to the household of faith. And then finally, to never give up on doing good because there is a harvest if you don't give up. Today, we started off with looking at never giving up on doing good to those overtaken in sin. And before we get all judgmental, oh, oh pastor, that's not me, excuse you, Romans 3.23 always gives us a sobering reminder to all of us, everyone, yes, including you, that we've all sinned. We all have sinned. We, we sin and fallen short of the glory of God. This should inform us that the number one good God did for us or has done for us 
is to save us from the penalty of the sin, the state of sin, and eventual death and hell, eternity in hell. So he, God, expects us to do the same to those still in sin. God expects us to follow him in everything he did. And so we must do good to those overtaken in sin. But pastor, hey, hey, come on now. How? This is the question. What do you mean? How do we do this? Ah, yeah. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. Jesus has just shared the Beatitudes. He's told us, blessed are you and blessed are those, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the merciful, for they receive mercy, you know, the Beatitudes. Immediately after the Beatitudes, he continues to speak to those that claim to believe or are following him. Verse number 13 to 16 of chapter, chapter 5 of Matthew, this is what he says. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds or your good works, some versions say that, and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus called his disciples salt and light of the world. He called them salt because salt was valuable, a preservative, and it had and still has flavor. He called them light because without him and the disciples, the, work was, the world sorry, was a dark, dying place. Dark, dying. Think about that. So losing our saltiness and hiding our light isn't helpful at all to the world. If we don't get our salt and light to influence, don't let, sorry, our, if you don't let, that's the word, our salt and light to influence the world, we'll never be able to point them to God and they'll all end up dead and in hell. Think about that for a second. One of the best ways of doing good is letting your light shine so that the world might see your good deeds. You are doing good or you doing good. And then they, the world, glorifies God. How? By getting out of sin. When, they, when you glorify God, it means you're not glorifying the flesh. So you're out of sin and it is because you've done good. So let your salt be salt and let your light shine. Matthew 18, verse 12 to 14 tells us the following. I'm reading from the NIV. What do you think Jesus says? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This is the same story as the parable of the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15. It is also followed by the parables of the lost coin and the lost son, or what we know as the prodigal son. And from all this, we know the theme of all these stories, the parables, is the same. The Pharisees were complaining that Jesus was hanging around sinners a lot, that he spent time with the tax collectors and every type of sinner, and even dared to have food with them. He then goes on to share this story to remind them that the world, remind them and the world, that he was doing what he was created and called to do, to come into the world and find the lost in order to save them. 
That's why he shares about the lost sheep. He came to find the lost coin and the lost son or the prodigal son. This is why as his disciples, we must do the same. We must leave the 99 and go find the lost one. It might be a lost brother or sister or a friend who is deep in sin that God has laid in our heart to go find. But warning, this isn't an excuse to go indulge in everything they are indulging in. It's a command to go into the world and spread the good news of God's salvation to the lost. What we must always remember when dealing with the lost is to do what Jesus did. There's only one thing that Jesus did in how he reached out to the lost. He loved them. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 reminds us powerfully that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, dying in sin, Christ came and lovingly died for us. Jesus came to seek out the lost and in love died for them. His posture was humility and so he conquered death. If his posture was pride, I don't believe he would have died for us or even conquered death itself. He would still be dying. The love of Christ was and still is today with all of us. And I know you can testify to this. It is patient. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it doesn't self-seek. It is not easily angered, it has kept no record of wrongs, it doesn't delight in any evil but rejoices with the truth that he is. The love of Christ always protects us, always trusts, always hopes, and will always and forever persevere. And if you know anything about God's love, that is exactly how it is. So if we go without these attitudes to the lost, we'll be the ones actually falling into temptation simply because of the pride in our hearts. We should never assume that we are better than those in sin or have fallen in sin or have sin um, overtaking them. Or those, I dare say, that are backslidden away from God. When we do, we are proud. And as we know from scripture, destruction awaits all of us. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 warns us strictly that if we think we are standing firm, if we think we are standing firm, we need to be so careful that we don't fall. Translation, don't be too proud that you're standing firm. Even the standing firm is of God. So we should hold it with a lot of humility. Because now when we go to reach out to those that are maybe not standing firm, in that pride, then we might actually be the ones falling into temptation. So let's be careful. Jesus was so compassionate to the world. Every time we see him in scripture, when he sees the multitudes, the crowds, what the scriptures always tell us is he was filled with compassion, love in a compassionate way. Because he saw sheep, and this is what is written in the scriptures, without a shepherd. He was so compassionate to the world. And what he expects of us is to be compassionate to them as well. If you have anyone in your family, in your workplace, in your business, or simply just known to you that you believe God is directing you to, please 
do not not go to them and tell them about the good news of Jesus. I beg you by the mercies of God to reach out to them in love today, this week, this month, this year. And may the Almighty God bless you. If you are wondering how we are supposed to do good, according to what we've just read, let's do good to those that are caught in sin, those that have been overtaken by sin, and those that do not know the light of Christ and are living in sin. May the Lord bless you. See you next time. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.